0: Top MMA voices Ariel Hawani, Chuck Mindenhall, and Pete Carroll are live on the Spotify Greenroom app for every major MMA card with The Ringer MMA Show. Hear the guys react to weigh-ins in real time and find out what they think of the fights the moment the final card ends. Plus, when breaking MMA news happens, they'll be live to talk to you about it. And if you miss The Greenroom Show, you can hear it as a podcast anytime on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors.
3: I'd like to welcome everybody to the Mac Mania podcast. Today, I uh, have Mac, Flobo Boys, Real Jack Farmer, Brian Waters, with Heavy Hearts. Um, just want to reflect on the passing of Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon. Wanted to bring it down a few notches to start the show. Um, but I want to do things a little bit differently because... Um, a man that has gone too soon, a man that has influenced so many people in the business, a man that has does, done so many things for so many people and touched so many people for different generations. I just wanted to reflect on certain things, give this man his flowers, talk about some good things, celebrate his life. And um, first and foremost, I wanted to kick it to Jack and um, give me give me some of your thoughts on Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon. Uh,
4: just terribly sad that he's he's passed. He's obviously so influential and everyone talks about how cool he was and he was absolutely cool. He's the reason the NWO was cool. He was so cool that those around him became proximity. Cool. Uh, just being near him. If you're near Scott Hall, you are cool because you're near him. But uh, I, for me, he was so personally influential. I, to this day, I flick toothpicks the way the bad guy flicks toothpicks. And in school, I remember always thinking, or, um, you know, back in school, like I would do the surfer walk whenever I'd walk into places. You know, with his hands out, and uh, I would do the little hair thing. I still like would do the whole like ooh and wiggle my fingers if something wasn't scary, or the the hey yo, or the survey time. It was just uh, so many things that, as a kid, I would do all the time. And we always talk about how people would do the suckets and things, but there are so many things that Scott Hall mannerisms that I would copy as a kid that. I don't I don't know if I really appreciated uh, in Intel today, which is sad, but I, I say that I always liked wrestling before 1996, but in 1996, that's when I fell in love with wrestling. Mm. When Scott Hall came through that crowd, that's when I was like, this is the coolest form of entertainment in the world. I love this. And in a lot of ways, that's why I'm here right now doing what I'm doing is because of that moment when Scott Hall came through the crowd and, just so impactful and everything he did was great. And something I just want to add real quick that I didn't appreciate at the time, but he was the first one I remember. Maybe other people were doing it, but he's the first one I remember that would wear other people's merchandise <laughs> as he came out. And it, you know, in WCW, he'd wear the six shirts, which at first is like, cool. but That was, now unheard, of.
3: A, that was unheard of. man. Just, <laughs>
4: it was crazy. And Now as an adult, I look back and I go now that it's more than just wearing a shirt, but it's like supporting your friend and how, powerful that it would be to have someone wearing my swag on national television and just how cool that is, not in a cool, cool thing way, but like in a that's such a cool thing to do as a human being. Scott Hall, this it hurts that he's gone and just absolute legend.
5: Brian
3: H. is your thoughts, brother, brother.
5: Yeah, yeah man, appreciate this opportunity, man. You know, he was um indeed a legend. Uh Jack brought up the night that In infamous night when he came through the crowd. And I can remember, this is during, ladies and gentlemen, who may not be old enough to remember, the channel-changing days. And my yes. sister and I was watching, <laughs> and we would always watch Raw together, and she would watch it because, you know, she liked wrestling, and she would do what I'd do at the time. And we saw this guy... He's like, that's Razor Ramon. He's in WCW. And this is before the dirt sheets, before the internet, before everything got so jaded. And you could just sit back and enjoy mm. wrestling as a fan. And the way it was presented, nine-year-old me believed he was coming to invade WCW. Facts. And mm-hmm. he just made it seem so cool. And me being like the Hulk Hogan fan that I am, when they all came together, it of course it made me NWO for life. But I was already a huge Razor Ramon fan. I remember, you know, being upset when he lost the Intercontinental Championship to a good friend of the program, Jeff Jarrett, because Jarrett was so good. But, like, a lot of people don't remember those matches they had at the Royal Rumble 95, at WrestleMania 11, where that series is like, man, like, Jeff Jarrett just kept getting like the best of it and I just remember being upset. But also, what are my favorite matches? I go back to the wild card match at Survivor Series 95, where you had the good yeah, guys yeah, yeah. on one side and the bad guys, and the showdown between him and Shawn Michaels because, you know, just the little mannerisms. He looked at Shawn Michaels and he goes, there's no ladder between us two now. (laughs) Let's do it because they had had their match at WrestleMania 10 in the ladder match. They had had their match at SummerSlam 95 in the ladder match. So, I mean, we could go on and on, but definitely um, a legend. Um, You know, when you think of the Reggie Parks Intercontinental Championship, he's got to be in your top three of people you think of that belt with. You know, he's the first person to hold it three and four times. So he's got to be like, one of the greatest Intercontinental Champions of all time because we always talk about it was the workhorse title but Razor Ramon made that belt have swag.
3: Wow. Um, great, great words from, uh, for, I mean, from, um, from Brian H. Waters and Jack Farmer. Really great stuff, guys. And, um, yeah, we we talked about it a little bit last night. Had the opportunity, me and Flobo had a t- time to reflect and, and listen to other people um, give their sentiment. Really, re- really was a great moment. So shout out to Spotify Green Room. Shout out to everybody putting that together. Brian H. Waters, Cassius Shoemaker for, for giving us the opportunity to just sit there and talk about um, Scott Hall and listen to great memories from Scott Hall. And just to piggyback on what uh, my fellas are talking about, is just when I was growing up, like. The, my my fondest memories of wrestling growing up were um, the the time they took on these these vignettes and these things they would do outside of the ring and the creativity in and, and some of my earliest memories, not just Mr. Perfect that sticks into my mind, the, the vignettes that stick into my mind more than a lot of vignettes is Razor Ramon just harassing people. Like, you know, he, but, but before it was, before it was, you get canceled for it and just harassing, just disrespecting women, disrespecting men, disrespecting waitstaff, disrespecting all the lessers, just disrespecting everybody like the bad guy would do. And yet we know he channeled um Antonio Mon- uh, T- Montana, but with all due respect, Tony Montana didn't have swag like Razor Ramon did, you know I mean, he took that that persona and gave himself a little bit more swag, and even the great Tony Montana. And um, those are the memories that stick in my mind, and not just his wrestling acumen, not just his ability in the ring, not just how his ring gear looked, not just that dope, dope, dope music. It was those vignettes when he was just running amok and truly establishing himself. And I think we need to get a little better at the vignettes. You know, we lost. I think they've lost their way with the vignettes, and I think they bring a little bit more. Back at that Razor remote swag. MoSwag. FloBito.com.
0: People like Busser for different things. You know, the, the, the entrance of the Ultimate Warrior. The flexing yep. of Bob Hogan. But uh, as a character guy, that was really the first character uh, I came fell in love with as a kid. I won the big three uh, with Tataka and Duke Josie, which I'll explain yeah. the other day at the time. But what I liked about, about Razor is everything was him. It wasn't... Can he win this match? It's how is Razor Ramon going to get out of this? Or yeah. how is he going to prevail? And that's what I learned about pathos and all things. That's what I learned about expressing yourself through character. That's what I learned about positioning and not having to do everything to really steal the show. And, and as I grew up and I maybe have not as followed this career as close in the later stages, as I should have. Even in WCW, the NWO is, is, if not the greatest, one of the greatest factions of all time. Even in TNA, his "Marvelous Me" theme was in my gym <laughs> playlist when I was hitting the gym, trying to get fit for the first time. Uh, it is—it is kind of interesting how this—the this sports, this—this uh, this man, you know, really affected you. And and I—and I think I said in the green room, but this is like the, really the first anti-villain I've ever came across someone that was supposed to be bad, but made you go, man, I want to hang out. I want to high five with this dude. Like, I want him to be the guy that I call when I'm in trouble, you know? And, and ooh, uh, you know, gone too cheese, soon, bro. as you said.
3: Yeah, um, guys, thank you for all your thoughts. Um, that Scott Hall, um, Razor Ramon, um, gone too soon. Uh, one of the best who ever do it. You will not be forgotten, brother. Um, rest easy. My people, thank you for hanging with us once again on another Faithful Week. My loyal listeners, we are back with the Mac Mania podcast. I've decided there's about five W's in (laughs)
0: podcast. I had to ask. That's good to know.
3: Yeah, Flo Bito wanted to know last night. I was like, there's five W's in podcasts. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate y'all for joining us oh yes guys and my people there was no cody rose sighting. and i know y'all are all salty but evan it's jacksonville i know what's gonna happen because jacksonville is just this and then No, all of you fans thought it was gonna happen
0: and it didn't happen there's still things being finalized and i hope it happens i do what? As someone who lived outside Jacksonville for four years, I wouldn't debut there either. You know, like, give the me a bigger de- stage, Whoa, man. Why is everyone turning on
4: Jacksonville?
5: <laughs> man, Jackson, oh, Jacksonville, hey, Jacksonville I got bad I
0: sinuses. I learned how to allergies by living in Jacksonville. You think I'm worried about
3: going into Baltimore? The Baltimore is so Disney, Disney Baltimore World compared to, to Jacksonville. What
5: did Baltimore have to do with this? I just wanted I to give, chicken chicken
3: give Baltimore flowers because compared to Jacksonville, Baltimore literally is Walt Disney World. In which Ron Simmons won the
4: world
5: title. That's the home where Bruno San Martino lost oh, look one of his him.
4: world championships. Both, 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 both
5: very tough guys. And
4: that, you know, you need the toughest guys to get out
5: there. Daniel <laughs> Bryan cashed in his money in a bank
3: <laughs> with 16 armed security. No, uh, uh, mad Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, sir
5: and i walked out i'm just You're I, was, I, was,
3: I was actually trying to get baltimore's flowers and try to bury jacksonville for all its violence tendencies but listen <laughs> <laughs> bro,
4: Nevada, this show this show's ball. never going on the road by the way
0: no hell no, hell no, no, no. we're going to get food on. everywhere we'll be we're y'all be nice
3: to dallas, we, so, bro, bro, nice to dallas. Like, yo so
0: what you say about jacksonville yo i'm like
3: oh, was, so, it was a comedy bit Hey, 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 angry man, you're making my point right now. You know I mean? I'm here in Dallas. At Evan, you like six foot eight. Ain't
5: nobody rolling up. With yeah, listen, you, you,
1: know, you, know, no. you know what's know. But like, I'm not. Like, <laughs> my, yeah, like people, people like this. Shorter
3: guys like the test of brother, though. Shorter guys like to test, a brother, <laughs> like to test a brother because they're shorter. And I'm like, oh, bruh, listen, this is just it's a, a lose, weird lose situation. This is just a weird genetic thing, bro. Like, I'm one of the tallest people in literally my entire family's history. This is a fluke. It's a freak accident. It could have <laughs> happened to you. It just didn't. Don't don't be mad at me cuz I'm above 6'2". Don't be trying to don't be trying to roll up on me to prove yourself because I'm tall. Guy from Jacksonville in this hypothetical scenario. <laughs> Can I please sit in Dallas with my cowboy hat on, have my have me, my, my vodka and cranberry? <laughs> <laughs> with
4: your cowboy
3: hat. Cowboy-ish right there, and man. Yo, and everybody think I'm playing? No, you up when I step in, when I step in, Dick, when Texas met, I put a cowboy hat on. Y'all think I'm playing? Wait till y'all see your boy down there. And I, I, ain't, I ain't playing. I'm gonna come up, big Boy, boy I'm,
4: gonna I'm gonna take my horse
6: to okay, no. I'm, I'm, I'm
3: going old school. I'm like, no,
0: damn, my heart.
3: My, my head 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 head. Head. Yeah. I just don't think they don't understand what y'all know I'm, about that. This but is the Billy Cyrus
0: stand podcast. You I mean is
3: this, is this a damn wrestling show? But like, how do <laughs> <I mean, laughs>
4: This is so. This is the Cody Rhodes segment, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> but no. But since we didn't get the great Cody Rhodes, we did get a hell of a main event, man. Oh my god, I love when two great wrestlers can just go oh, for, for man what's what's better than that man? I know everyone talks about things that you know you gotta be able to you know the car- stories on the outside yeah man I'm telling you but when you see two wrestlers go at it to the caliber Kevin Owens and the great Seth Rollins and you see what they can do inside that ring and just have a great wrestling match that that's that just reaffirms your, your faith and your love in in pure wrestling and that's what you got last night in that great main event but that was, that was just me trying to give it some quick uh, quick love to that match you didn't get Cody I still do think there is time, however, I do think next Monday is it. You know, you know but, what I mean? <laughs> but um, but go, 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 go.
4: Yeah, I was gonna ask if you're Cody Rhodes, let's say they are still just trying to finalize the deal, you're you do hear Cody Rhodes chance in the arena. Everyone seems to be talking about online. Do you think that him holding out is right raising his value, or do you think it's making WWE say, you know what, we can do without you? No, it, they assuming need assuming oh, go, go, it go. hasn't been signed yet. Do you think waiting is helping Cody Rhodes value? You know, no, I don't.
3: I don't think it's helping or hurting at all. I just, I just know that they, they, their, their thought process. How the hell can we get him on Saturday or Sunday? Because it will break the internet. It just mm-hmm. it just will if they and even if even if he comes they, they make it in the eleventh hour and he gets there that day and they fly him on a private jet and drop him in like Ethan Hunt and Mission Impossible one on a zip line <laughs> down through Texas Stadium with with Jerry Jones with Jerry Jones holding his hand like if they are able to do <laughs> Ger- Ger- Gerald Wayne's Jones Jr. as I call him but that's the homie you know what I mean if you know Jerry Jones hell nah but uh, <laughs> you know? Gerald Wayne's Jones Jr. you know it's not his, his full name slaps harder than Jerry Jones. But anyways, like, <laughs> yeah, if that if that happens, I think it'll be all good. I don't think it hurts either way, Flipito.com.
0: Is it too late if he shows up at the raw after mania? Is that no, no, that no, 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 no. That's because because some can argue that's even better
3: because I I think over the the other few years the 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 Raw after Mania hasn't slapped as as it used to. You know what I mean? I think the the last couple Raw after Mania's, I think if we're honest with ourselves, people listening the last the, the last two Raws at the WrestleMania. But Evan, it was a pandemic. Well, you know you know what I mean. It could even been three. Where it's where it's, since it's really slapped, where you're like, oh my god, this yeah. has happened. Now, if I get Cody on Monday, if I get Bailey on Friday, or if I get Bailey even on Monday, I'm I'm good. That's all that. Truth be told, if I just get Bailey at yeah. the WrestleMania, yeah, I'm don't good. be teasing me, bro. Nah, yeah, I'm teasing myself, <laughs> yeah. man. Sure, the women's division needs Bailey back, man. But yeah. like I said, but I don't even want to wait till Monday. You know why? Because I'll be on a damn plane flying back home. So Cody, you better not come out Monday, boy.
5: You know what, though? I think that with the (laughs) Mania, you brought up a good point. But I think what happened is over the course of time, like we look back at WrestleMania 28, we got Brock Lesnar the next day. WrestleMania 29, Dolph Ziggler won the championship. We've had some things that's given us high expectations, right? Then you fast forward when Enzo and Kaz made their debut. I think that was Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. And they were over, bro. Yeah, and they Mm. were over. And I think that just over the course of time, it's, it hasn't been nothing available to give us that pop. And I think right here we have that. But at the same time, considering Cody is a former WWE talent, I would not be surprised if he does the Hardy Boy route. And they, like you said, they sneak him in and they drop him in. And Why not? And Seth Rollins. Yeah. You know, I could see Jerry World's going crazy. I'm not sure if they're going to have the stadium open or closed. So that can make a huge difference on the way that pop will sound coming on TV. I know a lot of the boys said when the sound, when it's open air, it just goes through. But if they close the roof, it, you know, it could be, you know, a huge sound. But either way, I, I, I would be happy to see him.
3: Yeah, 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 either way, you know how, how, how I get him.
4: Yeah, I, I think that if without it being this week, I think they should just wait till me. If it's me, I would oh, say mania. If you're asking me
3: in from the original standpoint, if, even when Shoemaker came on the show and broke the news kind of to us, like I would be like that gone is the art of that. Yeah. But, like, I would have I would have been like, yo, mania. I'd have Seth at the ring being like, you know what? And, and like, infiltrate, being like, I'm coming to mania. Ain't nobody going to tell me. He's like, and I'm not going to leave this ring, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then that super. music hits. Lord Jesus. Let me super, tell yeah. you.
4: Could you like, imagine first, Like, if they do that first match, he comes out, hey, I'm coming out there, open challenge, whatever. However he wants to do it, off. he's he's Seth Rollins. He'll figure out what to say, but yeah. And then that mute, cause he, it's his music. So he can use the that's same what music. Said, which music
3: do you want to hear? We're
4: no, music I want to hear w- that.
3: Star. Jim Johnson, shout out to Jim Johnson, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear Russell's greatest nightmare. <laughs> and
4: away. I'm
3: good with that. And I'm good with that too.
4: I think that's AEW one he's got to use. I yeah. think yeah. that's, that, that's that, the one that would be, the greatest.
3: that would be the greatest FU U two AEW. I will say act.
4: <laughs> I think you've got I think you've got to do that. I think could you imagine if his the lights go out and then the screen shows the same way it did in AEW and you you know wrestling has more Lord than one royal family like mercy. oh the place
3: would go nuts Lord have mercy. But I'm going yet-
4: nuts just thinking about it. I'm over here
3: talking, <laughs> listen. So, like, yeah. Shout, shout out to Cody Rhodes not coming out because they gave us something to talk about anyway. That's how much yeah. impact this dude has. Well, I He's love doing
5: here. this stuff. This this pre booking yeah. before
3: Mania. No, why not? That's no, no, no. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Listen, <laughs> this this is the time to do it. B. H. Waters. This is the time yeah. to do it. Let's pre book before Mania. Damn it, get to the matches that we want to see. And Bailey, bring your ass on out here. <laughs> yes, <But> please. <laughs> is she? Do we know? Is
4: she cleared? Like, because I think Oscar's cleared. Is Bailey cleared? Do we know? I, I don't. I, I don't, don't even. It hasn't yeah, been the
0: official thing. I don't.
3: I just know it was a bad. It was a bad one, man. And it's not everyone even with the technology yeah. nowadays man not everyone recovers with that injury especially if it's multiple ligament damage and um they were kind of tight-lipped about the severity of that injury which I think is kind of good so we, we so we so we wouldn't press her for timeline so um yeah, yeah. bailey get well soon um mm-hmm. people of jacksonville y'all crazy but um <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's so- but shout out <laughs> Seth and K- Ko to your point though they they oh, did have a good match I felt I, I was a beautiful. little bummed that and I'm guilty of it too because I was waiting for the end so much to see what would happen I think a lot of people glossed over it but those two guys are they so just, talented in the ring.
3: They killed it. because we, we got kind of wrapped up in maybe well, maybe Cody'll come out afterwards. Yeah. But no, it was great. KO defended his um right to be a WrestleMania to, to face Stone Cold in some capacity. So I just thought it was dope just to see it was good. Listen, it was a it was just a great wrestling match, man. I'm telling man, it was a good match. Mm-hmm. Oh, like anytime you get, like I said, this is awesome. Ch- this is awesome chant, which was finally earned for once. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to the crowd of Jacksonville, by the way. Y'all chant know I'm purist. Y'all know I'm just <laughs> I am a chant purist. You don't just get the chant. This is also awesome what someone scratch is their leg or whatever is going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever it's just, it's like, they're like this is I'm like you can kick rocks. But um but that was a beautiful 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 match. And it was like 20 minutes in before they got that chant. But I wanted to move on to something else, I man, it just feels like we just keep talking about things and it kind of comes in waves and and I and I have to talk about it cuz he's a, a great ambassador to professional wrestling and he's a great human being and and and, and when I, every time I've ever met him he doesn't seem to have an off day, and he's always very jovial and kind and respectful, especially to, to thing Heidi Mac, and it was it, 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 that that means a lot to me. So, um, it, so it was. Imagine my surprise and imagine my shock when I found out how hurt uh, Big E was. And anytime you hear anything about a neck being fractured in any capacity, any the, when you start messing with the head, you start messing with the neck, you start feel, feeling weird, you start feeling a little stone cold, you start feeling different things like edge, you start fe- getting, it you make you feel a little weird, you know? So um, I'm glad Big E is okay. I know he's gonna be out for a while. Guys, I just wanted to um, quickly just wish Big E well and just hope for a speedy recovery the big e because for a man that's been on that just got back on top and and been in his bag for so many months to have this setback um i'm more more worried about it personally than professionally
4: what a hero by the way the fact that same day he gets online to let everyone know he's okay so that no one worries about him with and by the way with smiles wiggling his fingers and, and making everyone feel comfortable and happy about it and not worried that is such an incredible gesture i could not imagine if i had even a even if I didn't get hurt, but I might have hurt my neck, I'd be like, I'm out for a week. You're not gonna hear from me. I'm I I've got to reassess my life. But he's thinking about letting everyone know, hey, don't worry about me. I'm fine, it's good, things are gonna be cool. What an absolute mm. you know, we talk about superstar. That's a superstar. Mm. Just in every sense of the word, Biggie's a superstar.
0: Yeah. What it means to be a champion, right? With or without the the actual strap, actual hardware. I agree with Excellent. you, man. It was a it was a scary move because it's it was an overhead belly to belly, belly. Like I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. there's no standard moves in wrestling, but we've seen enough of those to go. Oh, no big deal. Right. Uh, let's let you know that it's kind of just always precarious when you get in. Lace up the boots there, so get well soon, Biggie. You will soon. Oh, go ahead, Jack.
4: Sorry. That was actually one of my big takeaways in a lot of ways too, is how we take for granted just how dangerous every single thing people do in the ring really is. And how you, how there's so much that could go wrong at any given moment. Yet that means how good these guys are that they do it so constantly and make it look like it's not as, I mean, it always looks dangerous. That's, you know, it's, it's a spectacle, but it's the fact that this doesn't happen more often. But yeah, it definitely reminds me that every time people go out there, Anything could happen. It's such a dangerous
1: thing. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
3: Man, um, get well soon, Big E. Uh, bless you, Brian H. Waters. He says he muted, he muted, but I still get. You know what I mean? I was, I was raised properly. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, get well soon, Big E. Man, you're one of the best to do it, man. You know, I'm just, yeah oh but yeah oh yeah uh oh, bh water so you set up the uh that thing with sting because i know a little bit about it but you kind of presented it and it was some it's yeah. good stuff to unpack so please let the people know let the unwashed and washed masses know
5: yeah sting wrote an article in the Player tribune and for people who do not know what the player's tribune is it's a play you know it's a first person perspective from athletes you know and uh, i always enjoy this website um whenever you can get to kind of hear it right directly from the source. Absolutely. So, you know, we've all, we all know his story. Uh, he talked about just his breakthrough into the business, falling in love with wrestling and, you know, his early days with the artist formerly known as Jim Helwig, who would become warrior, mm. we know, him as ultimate warrior. So he talked about just, you know, how intense he was and how those two guys were selected just because of their look and, you know, he also went on to open up about his addictions and his addictions to painkillers and just something that he was just like oh, I'm okay you know he just take one and you know it led him down a dark path but how he's been able to you know um you know find the man above and go forth and now be in the business, but having, like, that renewed passion, being in the back of AEW with guys like Isaiah Cassidy, the CM Punk, and how they'll tell him, hey, Sting, I remember when I was young and you made me want to wrestle, you know? Wrestling was a great memory I had with my dad, and you were very important. And, you know, he talked about how much that meant to him, and I thought it was great as a Sting fan myself. Like, he was WCW to me, um, because he was the ultimate good guy. And you know we could make a lot of you know talk about how we wish he would have came to WWE in 2011 or during after the invasion but you know just to see like him at peace and really somebody who could have been gone you know i always encourage people watch some of his stuff from impact wrestling or tna cuz he put on some good matches you know and now I don't know if I need to see him jumping off, uh, a jumping through tables at 60 plus years old. It was cool to see once, but that's it. But it's good (laughs) to see that he's in a great place and being able to give back to the business. And one of the people he talked about, uh, one of the things that stood out was how CM Punk is a sponge who's always asking him a lot of questions and he doesn't mind answering them.
3: Yeah, shout out to shout out to Sting and um, I, I like I like that from certain perspectives. Given a when a when a person or an athlete or a person you that you admire or a person that you've seen for years and, and they've had a persona, they're able to take take the curtain back a little bit and 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 be vulnerable for a little bit, and let you know that especially if you're going through certain things that I'm even Sting goes through certain things, and I think that's one of my takeaways from the article that you, you sent us. B, because. That, that that kind of humanizes someone, but it also it also di- increases their immortality in my in my opinion from a, from a broader perspective. Even by humanizing himself, he still makes himself even more immortal. To be like I sting at this point in my in my career can let you know how I feel about certain things and how how I've dealt with things and I've battled demons and I've risen above and I've became what I've be, become. And I know it's just professional wrestling to some people, but these people literally do influence people's lives. Mm-hmm. And 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 Sting is no exception. He's been doing it for a while, and I and I as much as that bothers me that he wasn't in WWE. Not from that. That's just from a selfish standpoint. I don't think there's anything wrong with being known for being the face of WCW. One of the yeah. to me the one of the greatest promotions. Of, it's one of the greatest promotions of all time. You know, and at one point there was no comparison of which one was hotter, WCW or WWE. There was that brief stint. Where there was only one show that you cared about more and it was wcw and a lot of people they will be honest with themselves they know for it they know they're like there's that moment where we're like man wcw was popping right now <laughs> you know so and sting was a part of that so shout out to sting
4: it, sting is one of those guys that i always i think he's a top 10 wrestler i think that he's yeah, for as great as he is i think because he wasn't in wwe sometimes people don't uh rank him as high as i think they should but I also think what I loved about this article for people who haven't read it, I, I definitely recommend everyone go check it out because you get such a good look at beginning, middle and end of a great career and it Sting's one of those guys that I think we take for granted just how hard he had to work to get where he was. And you hear some of the stories about him living in his car and having to like eat chicken from the, uh, this supermarket <laughs> in the, in the aisleways and <laughs> things like that. And I came away from this also I want to see a – WWE Network, Peacock, you need to make a show that just shows – like, even if it's all just fiction, Sting and Ultimate Warrior driving the road together, trying to break into the pro wrestling business. (laughs) That seems like that would be the most entertaining buddy duo show of all time. Uh, It would be such an incredible thing. But yeah, Sting to me is – uh you guys said face of wcw one of the first people that i think comes to mind when you think of of that company Thanks. and uh, a really great art, just a, a, a it is a it is a really fun article and really something that as as Brian as you said we talked about the guys that looked up to him really something that feels like it came full circle for him so just really cool article everyone should check it out
3: yeah shout out to Sting giving Sting some flowers giving flowers in this episode of Mac Media Park he has except for the people of Jacksonville <laughs> <laughs> yeah I want that Jacksonville smoke I, I, know, right? I really don't though I'm sorry. No no whatever I say, I'm lying it's with, is it April <laughs> is it April Fools yet April. Yeah, exactly. April Fools! <laughs> be together
5: with April Fools. I don't want no shenanigans,
3: man. <laughs> yeah. Listen, there's apparently there is some beef going on, man. W2K with a WWE 2K22. Listen, I was gonna just politely let Brian Waters talk to me about his experiences. He's been playing. He's been streaming. He's been doing all this thing, creating characters, creating his babies, going against Shane, McMahon man, doing all kinds of things, running them up, beating up all kinds of people in 2K. And I was gonna have get a nice little review, a nice little thing. But all of a sudden, I keep remember there was this beef that came out it was very very handsome gentleman he's a handsome brother he's very he's very handsome i like handsome brothers on this I ain't talking about Flobo. oh damn Why? Well, I-, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought he was I thought i'm he was. talking about the yeah. brother that started like laying down some gauntlet and issuing some challenge talking about destroying everybody on the mac Mania podcast dropped out called out chocolate captain planet you can't just say chocolate huh. captain planet in a demonstrative way you got to say it with love admiration you keep talking about my chiseled jaw jack farmer talking about my people talking about we can't beat them in 2k and they're gonna beat the brakes off us and all this stuff like this but i believe i didn't know flobo started all this foolishness. i did not i did not i did not sign it first
0: first of all there's no contact because you seem to have started all this foolishness all right, look, man. I am the worst at video games. I just download 2K, and I put it on super easy to get some stress relief, baby. I always go over, brother. But apparently,
4: You're like a, a whole... professional game player. What
0: do you mean you're not I'm a professional game games. caster. I, I announced a comment. I'm Michael Cole. I don't actually wrestle. This is ridiculous. So, anyway, there is, there is uh, the hashtag show Crew and Neeson, Neeson Williams, is like, thinking, hey, man, games come out. He's like, let's call out everybody. And he did. I, and since I know who he was before this, y'all think i had something to do with it i did nefarious. not Nefarious, <laughs> nefarious i don't even know what how the buttons work this year
4: what wh- whose, whose side are you on back? For No one w- w- side who's paying me more coach.
0: benedict arnold <laughs> uh-huh. judas <laughs> arnold had allegiances i'm just i know i'm trash <laughs> all right Six so when came xbox so what's, what's, what's his flying what's <laughs> gentleman? He said, is Neeson, what's his name? Neeson, uh, over that that hashtag show. Uh, hey, that yo, crew. Neeson
3: over at this hashtag show. You really want the smoke? Do you really want the smoke? Oh, no. Brian A. Swan has been brushing smoke. up on 2K22. He is looking real, <laughs> looking real good. Looking limber. Fingers looking loose. Neeson, I'm calling you out right now on the Mac Mania podcast. What? We will do this. We will film yeah. this. It will be done. I hope you're in Texas and they probably gonna have some kind of
4: integration set up. We might settle it there. Yeah, you're going to get embarrassed. I like, am not Brian doing Waters, anything. Brian Waters, he could, you guys could get all your friends lined up. Brian Waters alone could gauntlet all of you and your buddies. That's how I think I want to do it. <laughs> yeah, i
3: I'm the Mac of the Mac Mania show. I don't want to get my hands dirty. What? I, I, I'm sending, I, I, I call upon Captain Planet. I summon Chocolate Captain Planet. That's what a planet tier would do. I summon. I don't, I don't. I summon.
0: Like Sitting there with pick, a I'm ring like up, my I'm job picking business. up
3: a few pieces of trash, and then when things get hot and heavy, I call on Chocolate Captain Planet. This whole show a cop day. out. Yo,
0: Doug <laughs> Blood held
4: us. When, when you say it like that, I imagine like someone walking their dog, and when they use the bathroom, they're like, I don't want to pick this up. Captain Planet,
0: can you? <laughs> no, no, no,
3: no, no, no. They want to go. They'll give the whole rundown to Captain Planet. Like they, they're like planetarians. They like pick up litter and stuff. But all of a sudden, like a crazy pollution guy will come. Like we can't, we can't do anything with this guy. They're like, they're like, they're like Earth. You know, yo, watch yo. Shout out to yo, watch Captain Planet. But I got the chocolate Captain Planet. Mr. Williams, kick rocks. Oh goodness. Um, yeah, but um, <laughs> yo, crop that out, B. Waters. But uh, we got. Um, Oh yeah, we had a, a few more things to get done, but I—it has been a while. It's been a little bit. It's been some time. Is people almost thought we forgot about it? This is a very, very popular part of the show, and they're like, "Evan, what's going on? Is it over? Did you do something? Did you did you retire it? What's going?" I said, "No, no, 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 no. We just had a lot of interviews. We had a lot of people. We had a lot of things going on." And day. I was like, "You know what? <laughs> it's about that time for another rendition, Hall of Fame edition,
0: a flow, beat, toast, boot, thing of the way. Oh, man, that right there is the intro. Crap that out, for real. So there's been a lot of talk about the newest inducted to the Hall of Fame, Ooh. Shawn and right here on the podcast. That's five W's, yo. I got to say, that's our booting of the week, because not only does she earn it, she definitely deserves it. But let's count the ways. So we talk about King Booker, one of the greatest ruthless aggression characters on the planet but there's no king without a queen here mm. on a manager was top tier being getting involved in matches let's talk about the time she interacted with the boogeyman uh that stuff right there was like totally comedy as it is right now giving booker that little edgy needs in the ring and frankly we all say all hell king booker and who said that week in and week out Queen Charmel. And we're not talking about Nitro Girl Storm. We're not talking about the Paisley era. We're talking about a career dedicated to making people around her better, even giving some bad cards sometimes. You know the matches we're talking about. But even despite that, being able to be a consummate professional, being able to walk hand in hand with one of the greatest to ever do it, Queen Charmel, you are this week's boo thing of the week. Woo! Give the Queen Charmelle her
3: flowers. I already know Brian A.'s water gonna crop that out. You know what I mean? Shout out to Queen Charmelle.
5: Will she and Booker be the first husband and wife? Ooh, I, like, I, I cool.
3: think so. And it's not Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man. Is it on my tripping? Elizabeth is not in the whole, the whole thing I don't believe. I did not, yeah. I, did, I was not aware of that, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know, so that, so that, I think, I'm, I'm gonna say yes until we, um, to, until you <laughs> fact check yourself, like you're probably gonna do after this show, and, and, <laughs> and, then send out a tweet, and so, like, so, so right now I'm gonna say yes, cause I trust you. Um, yeah, guys, um, we, we, gonna, we gonna dip right now, but not before we, um, we, we leave y'all with some special on the back end of this show, um, a couple things happened, you know, some, some tragedy happened, so we were gonna put it at the top, but, um, I think putting it at the second half is just as good. Uh we had the honor and the pleasure to interview the great Andy Shepherd, NXT UK, a man of many parts. Man, that dude, I didn't know I, I didn't know how handsome Andy Shepard was. I must have been slipping. Man, he's oh, man, yeah. man, man, he's a like, man, cold blooded. He's fetching. Cold. Man, he is, he is <laughs> fetching. I was like, man. <laughs> Just like the people of Jacksonville. I love y'all. But um, we have interviewed Andy Shepard. And we, <laughs>
4: yo, Face turned, baby, he's back, he's back.
3: <laughs> but no, we, we have interviewed the great Andy Shepard. I had the pleasure, man. Shout out to Flubber Boys, Jack Farmer, for, for for building that relationship with this man and having him taking the time and talking to us. So guys, I want you to enjoy this interview with the great Andy Shepard. Um, yeah, but that's it for us. We're going to see y'all next week. We got something spicy next week. We got a spicy guest. Next week. Oh, we got a special coming up this Friday, too. Damn, it? man. Yep. <laughs> damn, Brian H. Waters, we got a special guest coming this Friday, Renee Paquette. It's just going to mm. be a special episode just for her because that's another boot thing. I love this damn show, man. I love the people of Baltimore, too. I love everybody. <laughs> just be safe out there. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA member Mac
0: MacMania Podcast, Lobo Boys in the Building, alongside Evan T Mac, Jack Farmer, and the chocolate hey. captain planet, Brian mm. Waters. But we have mm. ourselves a special guest. This man, this individual, is not only the most swapped, swelt, handsome, talented, but he's a globe-trotting son of a gun, the voice of NXT UK, Andy Shepard. How's it going, sir?
6: I mean, it's all a bit of a all of your faces. It's like I'm coming to like the most handsome podcast <laughs> in the world right now. What the hell is going on? Well, Drop you know, out, I- Brian, you'll be <laughs> <ready>. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. You know, that's <laughs> the real reason we brought you on. We're
4: trying to keep that level of handsomeness at a high level here.
5: Yeah,
0: man, wow. a talent I mean, search.
6: <laughs> yeah, I mean, add it into this mix. Wow, this is, uh, this is, this is levels, guys. You are levels. Um, yeah, hey, guys, thanks for having me. Great to, great to see you all.
0: Yeah, That's great cool. to see you as well, man. I mean, you are a globe tribe. First of all, congratulations on fatherhood, man. How's that going for
6: you? Thank you. Thank you very much. It's, it's crazy. Um, I don't know if you guys have got kids, but the, hey, the first few weeks are just crazy. No one <laughs> no embraces you for like, oh, this... You got this thing and now you gotta keep it alive. <laughs> <laughs> Tamagotchi? I mean, like, Is that what you're talking
0: about? <laughs>
6: yeah, like you got nine months to, to brace yourself for it, but man, it's oh, it, it's crazy. But now we're what we we three months into into Ooh. Zen. Honestly, the little Nova just melts our heart. Like when he, when he makes these little noises and stuff, it's yeah, it's cute as hell. It's yeah, it's great.
5: If the oh, experienced paranoid here, if I oh. could just give you advice, enjoy every moment. Wow. Uh, there there will be times where we get, so I can't wait till they can do this. I can't wait till they can drive. I can't wait, but enjoy every moment because, you know, the first time they crawl, that's a milestone. The first time they walk, that's a mm. milestone. So yeah, if you enjoy every moment, it's the best job in the world. And I work with these guys and this is fun. But being <laughs> a parent is the best job in the world.
0: It's a low bar Brian. to clear, Brian. What are you, Brian? I can't compete with your child.
4: Yeah, exactly.
6: <laughs> Brian, he, he rolled over the other day and, it, and you're completely right. It's one of those things where you're like the smallest things you just start celebrating. Like the kid rolled over. I'm like, this is amazing. The kid rolled over.
0: A brilliant display of yeah. <laughs> athleticism.
4: I still yeah. celebrate when I roll over. Hey. <laughs> as you
6: should.
0: As you should. should. Uh, so you're the voice of NXT UK. And, in, and I asked this last time we had a chance to speak. It's like, has it really sunk in yet? I mean, you're a celebrity. Your voice comes in to, to, to millions of people across the planet. That must be kind of crazy, right? It, it is crazy
6: because I think I've always loved WWE, sports, entertainment, wrestling, whatever you want to call it. So I've, I've always loved it. And being here in the UK, you never kind of think that that working with this company would really be an option um, just because when we were growing up, it was, it was all stateside. So yeah, I mean, sometimes you do have to step back and pinch yourself to be able to be part of the company, to be part of this brand. Um it's yeah it's an honor man like it's you know, i've been there from the start from the first uk tournament um through the start of the tv show to to where it is now and yeah just just to be a part of it and i've learned so much just as an individual as a broadcaster um you know get to call the shows get to host the shows as a ring announcer as well so yeah sometimes you do have to step back and pinch yourself and be like this is pretty cool
4: what are you something i'd love to know about is because you were there from the beginning and you've been through some pretty crazy times uh, as part of nxt uk i'm just i guess as a technical nerd i would love to know some of the things that you had to go through the technical issues learning how to go from where you guys were to going through the no audience time through now coming back to the audience and how you work with uh, nigel being uh, far away and, and that kind of stuff how is that worked and how has that been a challenge and how have you learned through all that
6: yeah i mean it's so i i was the the live host the ring announcer for the the first let's say half of nxt uk and then i sat in the commentary chair but the one show i did the one set of tapings was the last set of live tapings we did before covid hit Wow. so so i did like six shows and you know it's, it's just trying to learn on the fly you're in class 101 just trying to learn this stuff and then covid hit and we had a few weeks of shows banked and very quickly, we kind of had to start foraging for content, reversioning stuff. So I was filming stuff here in literally where I am now in my lounge, just trying to put links <laughs> together. Um, and look, it, it's a testament to everyone at WWE, everyone at BT Sport, how they pulled this together, because we had to get the brand back up. We had to get you know, new content filmed. People really pulled out all the stops to, to get us there. Um I think it's taught a lot of people a lot of different lessons. So how it's set up now, I'm in London. I'm in the BT Sports Studios. Um, I did start in a little sound booth about five floors above the studio. So it felt like there's a really cool party going on downstairs. And I just wasn't
1: (laughs) invited. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's Can relate. I was, I've been. Yeah. I've been
3: to a lot of those parties.
6: <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah,
1: hey, yeah, oh, I on, on, the, on, the, on the
3: outside of the door of the parties. <laughs> yeah, <so>.
1: yeah. <laughs> looking
6: through, looking through that window, going, "That looks great." I'll go home now. Um, but yeah, that's where it started. And now, I'm, but now I'm actually on the floor in the BT Sports juice Me and Nigel. So Nigel's in Orlando, uh, in the PC over there at the desk. Mm. I'm in London. We're linked up, and don't tell me how they have done it. They just done it. Um, <laughs> but it, the, the, the latency was always the thing because. Mm you know, as fast as your internet is, like, are we seeing the picture at the same time? Is our voice coming at the same time? So I think initially there's a lot of how close can we get one another um, so that it feels like we're there. They've got that so close. Like if I think we're literally watching the same thing and calling the same thing at the same time now, which is amazing. we then got each other on a Zoom call. So we kind of got a visual of one another throughout the show. Um, and, And that's how we do it. And I think it's also helped with, um, just the crew in the States as well. So you've got Stanford in the studio who are essentially directing the show, directing the cameras in the UK. Um, you've got Shawn Michaels, you've got Matt Bloom in Orlando uh, producing the show and feeding back wow. into myself and the producers on the ground in the UK. Then got people like Johnny Moss, James Mason, Jim Smallman in the UK putting that show together. So it really is, it's a jigsaw puzzle of how it is, but it's working, you know? And I think its its it's been working well. Like, I want Nigel over here, by the way. I want to get Nigel McGuinness yeah. over here um, <laughs> just so I can see his pretty face. Um, but yeah, man, it's it, it really is a testament to everyone that they're managing to lick everyone up from all these places to get that show working. Uh,
3: Mr. Shepard, we we um, for the, the people that know NXT UK and what it represents and how, how unique the brand is, that's that's one thing. But and but it's hard for us to gauge it um, across the pond. So how's it how's it received in the UK? How's it received in, with the the with the incredible fan base that you guys have what's it like over in england
6: amazing it's amazing i think before covid when we're going to all these arenas around the country anyone who watched that product could see how special it was to the fans one of the things besides the incredible talent in the ring that makes this brand special are the fans the universe you want to call them who who come down there the the crazy chance i think that's one of the things that a lot of people perhaps stateside and around the world picked up on was you know, you've got Zach Gibson coming out and people taking their shoes off. You've got all these chants, which are, let's just say, they're very unique to NXT UK. And obviously, having come back from the COVID period, we've been restricted in terms of getting fans into the BT Sports Studios, so, you know, as a lot of people have done. Now we're gradually getting back to getting those fans in there. And that atmosphere, again, is, is coming back. And I can't wait till we can get the BT Sports Studios at full capacity. Yeah. And we get that atmosphere in there again. Because the reason we got this brand, the reason NXT UK was born, was because the scene over here, the scene that the likes of Trent Seven, Tyler Bay had built, I mean, it was arguably, arguably the best in the world. People, people used to talk about going to Japan to, to pick up skills, going to Mexico, traveling the world. But there was a long period where people want to come to the UK and and, and they still do. Now, now flights are opening up. Look at some of the talent that are being brought over here by companies. They want to come over here and be a part of the scene over here because it's, the fans are incredible. And NXT UK is really um, a part of that and, and born from that. Incredible.
4: Something about NXT UK is that it's such a good show, and I, you know, to pull back the curtain, you and I have chatted a bit before. I'm always I like
6: Jack. I'm always I was like, yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> "Hey,
4: wait a minute! <laughs> uh, yes. but uh, I can't I stand o- for this."
2: <laughs> I always say
4: it's. Um, I feel like it. I would love more people in the United States to watch NXT UK, and I think there's. Us Americans, we get hung up on the fact that there's U.K. at the end and not U.S. If it was NXT USA abroad, we would go, oh, I really love this show. (laughs) That's just the way us Americans are built. But I watch as so many incredible NXT U.K. wrestlers come stateside, whether it is uh, uh, Walter and now Gunther, whether it is the Grizzled Young Veterans, whether it is Kaylee Ray and... Now, as of recording this, we're getting a tease that A-Kid may be making his way over to 2.0, who, by the way, anyone listening to this who hasn't been watching NXT UK, he's going to blow your mind. He's incredible. Uh, Andy, who are some people, I guess so that people who are listening to this, American fans can can find some people to look for when they tune into NXT UK. Who do you think are some of the guys that might, or girls that might make that jump next? Who are some of the people that you think, if I, I have a farmer's market bit where I talk about buying stock in wrestlers, who is someone that, or who are some people that people should buy stock into? Who should they tune into NXT UK now to see, because they're probably going to keep on growing?
6: Yeah, I mean, look, first of all, I think almost the entire roster of people, if you want to put stock in, you're gonna make money on. It, if you want to look at it in, in that analogy, um, you talk about AKID. He's someone, he's someone who through the pandemic, so it I'm not sure if this is sort of at their knowledge, but those last tapers we did before um before COVID, there was a, a non-televised match, shall we call it, where AKID took on Ilya Dragonoff. Wasn't televised, it was just for the house. It did actually come out during the COVID period because We haven't got any content. We're struggling for matches, so matches that weren't intended for TV made their way out. But I remember sitting there and it was that match with Dragunov um, that a lot of people sort of realized, hang on, everyone knew Akid was great, but he was still kind of finding his feet in NXT UK. It was that match with Dragunov where everyone was like, oh my word. This, there's something here. And then out of the back end of COVID, when we got into what we now call the BT sport era of this brand, yeah, you know, he won the Heritage Cup tournament, won the Heritage Cup, and, um and it's just lit the entire brand on fire. So you, know, you say he's, he's coming over uh, next week to NXT 2.0. No, he's someone you should look at. Also people, that, I've got a list of names here. You've got Nathan Fraser, trained by Seth Rollins. He's come over here and just been, I mean, look at someone like Bron Breaker what he's achieving so early in his career. Nathan Fraser is doing things which, if you go, okay, where should you be in your career at, You know, after <laughs>
3: right.
6: three or four years? Nathan Fraser is doing things that people decade in shouldn't be doing and shouldn't be achieving. Um, mm-hmm. his, his match with Gunther recently, his match with Dragunov recently, are all testament to where this guy's actually got him. Pretty deadly. Pretty mm-hmm. deadly. Former tag team champions are fantastic. Those are people who I honestly see... I mean, as individual, individuals, I think there'll be stars one day. But as a tag team, I can see them holding any tag team title in the company at this point. Um, the list goes on. you've got, got Dragonoff, the champion, mm-hmm. one of the most intense individuals you've ever seen inside the squared circle. Um, you know, there's not a name on that roster that I don't think has the potential to rise up and do what the likes of Dewdrop have done, to do what Kaylee Ray is doing, to do what you know, Gunther's doing. There's, there's such a wealth of talent.
4: Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. Everyone I see over there, I feel like one of the special things about NXT UK, if I can just add on one last thing, is I always say everyone there is dangerous. Everyone there on that roster, there is no one there that you're like, oh, this will be an easy matchup for so-and-so. Every single one, you're like, this is going to be a tough one. And it's just a treat to watch the show. And anyone who's listening who's a, here in the United States, do yourself a favor and check out NXT
6: UK on Peacock. Yeah, so I mean, if, you wonder, if you wonder where the likes of Dewdrop have come from, we've seen what Dewdrop's done coming straight from UK over to, you know, let's call it the main roster and the impact she's had. And I think as this brand goes on and these superstars are able to find their feet, find who they are, learn their style, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more and a quicker pace uh, going to different shows.
0: Mm-hmm. talk about representation matters you know Jack saw pretty deadly and saw himself in them so he side plate checks all the time you could know yeah. oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> hey, be the third
4: member I, uh, I, 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 I gotta grow my hair out yes <laughs> boy I gotta cut off the bottom of my shirt
6: <laughs> yeah, start with the shirt the handle <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know and you're, you're not just a, a wrestling commentator presenter uh, you do uh, the, the MMA's you do the bellotour you do the boxing now I was perusing your YouTube page which you probably to drop you a follow if you haven't already. And I want to get I want you to explain yourself here because you said, and I want to quote this, that Jake Paul was good for the sport of boxing, brother. Can you elaborate?
6: Yeah, I think I I honestly think he is. Um I think that I actually I did a, I hosted a an influencer boxing thing uh, quite recently. And you see the the audience, the demographic that comes to these boxing shows who you wouldn't see them at a Tyson Fury fight. You wouldn't see them at a, a, a mainstream boxing fight. They're there because these influencers are their heroes and they want to see these people in action. But it is exposing them to the sport of boxing. Now, I don't think they should look at these influencers and think, oh, this, this is, this is high-level boxing. Because it's not. You know, It's white-collar boxing, but it exposes them to the sport. And I think that's that's so, so important to find the next generation of fans for whatever sport we're talking about, from, from soccer to sports entertainment to Formula One to whatever. Who's your next generation? How can you get them involved and make sure that you've got fans for time to come? So go back to Jake Paul. <clears throat> yeah, look, I think a lot of us may have looked at him three or four years ago and gone, yeah, okay, they've got in, They made some <laughs> events. What are their skills like? <clears throat> not that great. But not that great for someone who is a professional boxer. If you gave me a couple of months of boxing training, would I be as good as Jake Paul? No. And I don't think a lot of people would. Jake has dedicated himself to the sport. His commitment is real. He trains hard. If he were a boxer, who has been training for a few years. The people he are, he's fighting, they're not bad matchups. They're, you know, Tyrone Woodley, former UFC champion. The guy lands bombs, right? You put him in there with anyone who's had a couple of, Boxing matches, he's going to spark the majority of them. But Jake, but Jake, you know, won those fights and and showed he put the effort in. Also, what he's doing in terms of highlighting fighter pay, giving platforms to Amanda Serrano, and and
3: she is that's that's his biggest contribution right there.
6: A hundred percent. He's now co-promoting with Eddie Hearn. It's not just what he does in the boxing ring. And again, his skills in the ring, he's developing. Anyone who's been learning the skills for that amount of time, I actually think Jake's pretty good for the amount of time he's been learning it. How far can he go? Who knows? You know, that, that, that time will tell. But he's engaging a different audience who are yeah. hopefully going to go on and, and look at the wider world of boxing and, and be engaged with it. But it's all this other stuff he's doing outside of it. He's challenging the likes of Dana White in terms of fighter pay. He's giving platforms to people who wouldn't normally get platforms. He's giving people on his cards career best paydays. And when you're a combat sport athlete, any athlete, your career span is is small. You've got to make as much money as you can because you don't know when your last payday is. So, you know, for all the criticism to Jake Paul, I think he is a positive influence and his intentions are good. One of the
3: things I was thinking about, I really don't even blame Mr. Paul for like the ruining boxing. I, I, blame, I blame Mr. Shepard. I blame a lot of the promoters in, um, who have changed boxing because when boxing was boxing, when I was younger, they, they, people fought. People fought who they were supposed to fight. They, they didn't duck anybody. They didn't, they didn't create this narrative to to protect so-and-so's record in order to make a lot of money, but not get exposed. So, so they kind of in fact invited this, invited this right now because there's only a few real fighters out there. Mr. Fury, he'll fight anybody. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? But like a lot of these boxers, Mr. Shepard, you know their their promoter will not have them fight these fights because they don't want them to either get exposed or be in a fight or get knocked out or whatever, you know, and they kind of opened up that forum for Mr. Paul.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I think, look, in MMA, you can take a loss and it, you know you can still come back from it. You're, you're as good as your last fight in MMA. Yeah. And I think that's kind of widely accepted. In boxing, it does feel like, oh, if you've lost a fight, ah, that's, that's you done. Or, or you really start back at the bottom. There's so much politics involved. There's so many different associations, organizations that make making a fight. Is difficult. You know, Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury is a fight we'd all love to see. Yes. Still, still want to see. And there's something that goes on behind closed doors that mean we don't. Also, things like the judging. You know, there have been numerous fighters of late mm. where where you're like, hang on, this person's won, but the decision goes the other way. Whether that's corruption or ineptness, only those people know. But there's a lot. Right. There's a lot of. There's a lot of stuff in boxing that doesn't make it an appealing sport for a new generation and makes it unappealing in so many ways. And again, Jake is is really pushing things forward in so many ways to hopefully, you know, make people love the sport. Look at us putting over, look at us putting over
3: Jake
0: Paul. Look at that. (laughs) I know, right? I never thought we'd see the (laughs) Jake.
4: Uh, so, Andy, I want to ch- talk to you a little bit about basic uh, commentary stuff, because obviously you're doing commentary and... My commentary uh, is
6: basic, and- so I'm the man for that.
4: Yes, yes, yes. Well, per- <laughs> well, well, I, I ask, because I've been Ooh. dabbling a little bit in some commentary as well. Kill it, some, not dabbling. Some Kill it, brother. Some trying stuff. to be humble and stuff. Well, <laughs> no, I know, right? He's killing it, bro. So, <laughs> how you guys, stop. Well, I always, so one of the things I like to ask someone like you who's been doing it for a while at a high level is, uh, one, what do you look for in good commentary? When you're listening to commentary, what do you think is good commentary? What do you think makes your commentary good when you've had a good day? And just a final part on that is, have you ever been left speechless in a moment? And what do you do when that happens?
6: Um, Have I been left speechless? I'm I'm sure there's sometimes, um, and you have to watch back NXT UK to to find them, but sometimes when McGuinness comes back with little one-liners to me, and there's only a certain level you can go to when you're broadcasting. And Nigel's got some wicked comebacks. So yeah, there's been a few times where I've had to take a beat and be like, I can't, I've got nothing to say back to you. Because me and Nigel, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk about certain things before the show, but it's when he comes out with something you just weren't expecting. You're like, oh, oh, that's that's where you wanted to go with that one. Okay. Um, what do I look for in good commentary? Storytelling. So when I, when I first started to try commentary, which is only, it's when I, I started working with WW as a ring announcer. I saw that my background was as a, a an anchor show, we say, so the broadcasting side of things. And I saw... You know, had, the commentary had such a big effect on the product for for WWE so I started looking into that I'd never done commentary before so I was learning from from scratch I had no idea what it was as much as I've watched sports my entire life WWE my entire life I, I was like what so what do we do do we do we just say them like oh and it's a clothesline and it, <laughs> I, I have no idea and it took the the help of people like Tom, who you had on recently, uh, Michael Cole, Vic Joseph, John Quasto, um, and those guys all helping me. Um, it's, yeah, you, you, you are there to help tell the story of the match. You're not there to call the moves. You know, you're not there to go and, oh, hit him with a clothesline. Oh, and it's a DDT. And it's, that's, everyone can see what's going on. What's the story? What's the story of the match? Why are we there? Why do we care? Who's this guy? Who's this guy? Why are they in here? What's the jeopardy in this match? What's it for? So there's that narrative. And then there's the narrative of, of the match. You know, sports entertainment is storytelling. And a lot of sports is, is storytelling. So what is the story of the match? What are they working on? Why are they working on it? Why is that person doing this? You know, why is that person rolled out? Of the, oh, it's because they're scared. It's because they're cunning, you know? It's to it's to fill in. I heard a I heard a great statement. I'm not sure who it was. Maybe it was a, a Vince statement. But as a commentator, you're there to kind of fill in the gaps of the story, to, to point the audience at, well, this is why this is happening. You need to know this bit because this is part of the story, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, when I hear people who are calling matches and it's just move after move after move, yeah, look, you, you're calling the match, absolutely. But why does that move mean something? Why are they doing that? What are little stories about these people that make you care more? So yeah, it's the one thing I've been taught, taught is storytelling. Sometimes we do a little exercise where we're calling a match and they say just, and we're just like, let's not call a move. Let's try and not call a move in this entire match. Just what what you know, what, what is the repercussion of this move? Uh, why is that person doing this? What is the emotion in this moment? And that's a great exercise sometimes. Try and call a match, but don't say a move.
4: I love it. I love oh, it. I'm going to try it. Yeah.
0: Pro tips for free, y'all. That's so why I love this show. <laughs> Andy Shep, man, you lived a life of 10 men, track star, presenter, all these things, traveling the world. Do you have a bucket list? And if you do, what is on it, man? Be- become an astronaut? Like, what- what's left?
6: I don't know, like my my partner actually just before COVID, she went to Antarctica and I couldn't go because I was just had a lot of work commitments. When I (laughs) I saw her pictures come back from Antarctica, I'm like, cool, I got to go there. Um, No, we love, love, I I love traveling. It's something I've always done and and we try and do a lot of. Um, So travel as much as I can. Um, Hey, maybe one day call a match at WrestleMania. That'd be pretty cool. Um, But yeah, I I think a lot of it is just, you know, I think a lot of us just trying to be happy. Wake up in the morning and and be happy, um and and enjoy what you're doing. And I think if I'm doing that, then I'm kind of heading in the right direction.
0: Absolutely, man. 2022 NXT UK. Uh, you can hear you every single Thursday. Listen, I, I got to be honest with you. It's WrestleMania season, the high season for wrestling. You don't gotta sell UK because it gave us high tier matches. Oh, they're, Every gonna come, they're gonna week. come and represent too, man. They're, gonna they're gonna come represent. represent. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god. Yeah, who's who next? Yeah. We've seen Gunther, we've seen A-Kid. It seems that's come to NXT. I mean, any insight of who could be the next wave?
6: I, I honestly don't know, but the name, any of the names I mentioned earlier, yeah, uh could could definitely go up there. I mean, hey, the women's champion Mako tomorrow. I'd love to see her go across to the states and have some matches over there. Ooh. Um mm-hmm. I, I honestly, and I think the way that I think now the skies have opened up and we can go back and forth a lot more. Um Honestly, if you've not checked out NXT UK, go and check it out. It's a, it's a one hour show. It's digestible, you know? And I think sometimes you just want to sit down for 60 minutes and watch a sports entertainment pro wrestling show. This is why it's great. Um, The stuff that happens in the ring by the guys and girls is second to none. And I know I'm biased, but it's second to none what they're doing there. Um, and Um You know, if you want to see, I think this is for the audience to make their mind up. Go and watch the show. Who do you think is next to step up? You know, and again, in the last few months, we're starting to see more and more people go across there. You know, Gunther and are making their impact certainly felt um, across the pond. So watch the show. See who you think, because genuinely it could be any member, members of the roster who you see over there next.
0: Oh man, Andy Shep, thanks so much for your time. You know, you got the oh, website, yeah. you got the YouTube channel, man. If I want to be man a new many fan, pots. where do I go? How do I do it? How do I connect uh, with you?
6: Come, come follow me on social media. I got the old Twitter, got the old Instagram at Andy Shep. Uh, my website's Andy Shep. It's got some stuff on there. Uh, but yeah, hey, come, you know, come check me out on, on social media. I love hearing from people. It's always good to get feedback and to connect with people who are watching the brand, who are watching the company, You're just into, into sports. Um, I love it. So yeah, you can find me on there.
3: A special thanks once again to Andy Shepherd for giving us the time to talk about all things NXT UK. And for my people out there that are listening, if you want to watch pure wrestling at its finest, with unique characters and great, great, great action, NXT UK is your place to be. Shout out to Andy Shepherd. Shout out to Flowball Boys, Real Jack, Farmer, Brian H. Waters, guys for carrying your boy once again. Mac Media Podcast next week's gonna be spicy, y'all. Like I said before. Um, Y'all take it easy Uh, Appreciate it y'all Rest in peace Scott Hall